from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, why River Heart Parklands Stage 1 is still closed, nearly 12 months on from floods, a petition for a new playground, missed wheelie bins on collection days a concern, economic development strategy almost three years in the making, but what, if anything, is happening now to bring new business and industry to the city? Ipswich Mayor Teresa Harding joins the show. It's Friday, January 20, 2023, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Ipswich City Council held its first meeting of 2023 on Thursday, January 19. This interview was recorded later the same day. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, Mayor Harding. My pleasure, Alan. Thanks for having me on. Before getting to the meeting agenda, it'll soon be a year since Riverheart Parklands was damaged by floodwaters. Why Mm. are we waiting so long for repairs? Yes, um, look, it's something that uh, we're really wanting to get done as soon as possible. Um, There's a few issues there. We require a specialised engineering assessment. There's some concerns about the structural side. So we've done the fixed up Bob Gamble Park on one side and then the other side of the park that has been fixed. But the boardwalk part, there are some concerns about structural issues. So we're waiting on that engineering assessment. Um, Just letting people know that um, after the 2011 flood, it took council 23 months to get that back up and running. And then a month later, the, flood, the 2011, 2013 floods came through again. So mm. it, is, uh, it is a structure that does require some, some care. So I think depending on what the engineering assessment is, um, we expect work to start there in, in July uh, this year. And for the flood recovery works, we've prioritised um, the sporting fields, I guess, over other things. There's only so many people and so much uh, materials around. So we have um, prioritised sporting fields so people can be on them straight away. But yeah, this is something that we want to get done as soon as we can. So we'll have to see what happens with the engineering assessment. Yeah, it's interesting that you've said it took 23 months first time mm. around because the, the, the broader public recollection seems to be it was done in a matter of weeks or months. So are you talking about the fact that the boardwalks uh, the bits on stilts over the water, there's an issue with them. Could be a bigger issue with them. Yeah, we, we were concerned that there's a structural issue with those actual, yeah, those, those stilts there. So, um, and look, last time the flood happened, obviously January 11, and they were, it was reopened again in December 12. Then obviously the next month there was the flood and then it was out of action for another six months. So it was nearly actually closed for about two and a half years because of those two events. So, look, there are some serious concerns about the, the structure there. So we do have to do that proper engineering assessment. In one of the shortest meetings for some time, it began with condolence motions, including for John Whitehead. Yeah, John Whitehead's funeral was on um, on Monday and um, he passed away at the age of 91. And look, he certainly has, he's very well known in our, in our city. And it was um, a, a pleasure for us to, um, I guess, pass that condolence motion to give that respect and honour to him and his family. There was also a petition tabled calling for a playground at Wood End. Now, in my mind, that came as a bit of a surprise because being an older suburb, uh, you would have thought that it was fully catered for, uh, for playgrounds and that sort of thing. 
Yes, we have a local resident um, who's put forward a petition, and I'm really grateful. It's really great when residents do that. It's a great way to bring things to attention. So uh, Councillor Moneydall and Councillor Andrew Fechner uh, received it and have passed it on to Council, so we'll get a report on that. Um, certainly the um, petitioner uh, is claiming that there aren't any playgrounds in that local area and they're wanting something there. So I think it would be really good to get that information back and feed that into our Capital Works program. I think it was last year, delegation to the Growth Mm. Infrastructure and Waste Committee was clarified to include matters under the Planning Act, and there was a bit of a technicality that had to be clarified today. Can you explain what happened in today's meeting with that delegation? Yeah, so last year, and I chair the Growth Infrastructure and Waste Committee, my concern was the fact that... um, Often there were things coming straight to the Growth Infrastructure Waste Committee and not going through the the proper two-committee process, which I think is good for good governance. Um, so as part of the uh, review of the terms of reference, I asked for the Growth Infrastructure Waste Committee to only use its delegation for matters to do with the Planning Act. Uh, Councillor Tully uh, pointed out, should we include uh, anything to do with Economic Development Queensland and the Economic Development Act? So uh, the Growth Infrastructure Waste Committee will do with use its delegation for matters to do with the Planning Act and the Economic Development Act. And the Planning Act would have been fine if it hadn't been for the fact that Ripley Valley is a priority development area, adding a level of uh, technicality to the whole thing. It sure is, but it's about it's about 10% of the things that, that come through, so it's a very important one as well. The CEO had a couple of months of reports presented to Council and it prompted a question from Councillor Ireland, and probably a valid one, regarding the missing of bins uh, in recent months. There's been quite mm-hmm. a few houses missed. I'm not sure whether it's recycle or the weekly collection. What are, what are the real issues here and why were bins or why are bins being missed? This is a common uh, issue with councils at the moment um, around Australia because of the uh, supply chain issues with getting parts for for trucks and so on. So we're the fastest growing council in in Queensland. So we um, ordered 28 new trucks and we've waited a couple of years for those. Uh, We've had, I think, 12 arrive. And so we're also recruiting drivers as well. So, you know, we're in that growth phase um, and it's just going to take a little bit of time until we're up and running. What we're doing when we do have a truck driver who's called in sick or something like that is that we prioritise um, the um, red lidded bin because it's usually got the smelly stuff in it and we then pick up the recycle bin the, the next day or the day after. So we are prioritising uh, the bins that have food in them. Uh, Sticking with the CEO report to Council, under new strategies, the adopting of the new economic development strategy happened last year, which has gotten Mm. some excellent aspirational goals. It contains a lot of information we already know, already knew. Why has it taken three years in this term of Council to produce what is essentially a guide to what needs to be done? Yeah. Well, it's not quite three years yet. Um, I think it will be in April, but um, um, I think that... um, for us as a region, uh, we've had a, a two-year pandemic, uh, the hailstorm in Springfield and, and catastrophic floods in, in 2022. So we've had a real focus on helping people now, especially during the pandemic and, and after the floods. Um, Mr City Council was recognised as the first small business-friendly council in Queensland when the pandemic first hit. Uh, we made sure that more than $2 million in emergency financial support went to local businesses and community organisations. Well, on our very first council meeting, we brought in a buy-if-switch uh, procurement policy, which makes sure that we uh, do um, give that preference and we do weight local businesses 
ahead of others. And just to give you some figures here, back in uh, 2020 financial year, 24% of our spend was with local businesses. And in the last financial year, it was 40%. So it's probably the best way that we can support local businesses is to buy locally. It's um, it's good to get the money in here, but also it's good capacity building for our businesses as well. So um, I guess it's been our focus as well as obviously the, the Nicholas Street Precinct. Um, so we've got a very, I guess, a very good strategy there now, and I think um, it came at the right time. I, I get that it's great to support local businesses, and I'm sure residents would be all in favour of that, but that doesn't bring new businesses to town as such and generate new jobs. Now that the plan is going to be developed, is it too mm. little too late? I mean, it's always everything needs to be a number one priority, doesn't it, Alan? So uh, I think we had to be in place for a little while. Um, and I think it's a really good uh, economic development strategy and it's very, I think, forward-focusing. Uh, the strategy is aiming to deliver 11,500 new jobs by 2027. And I think it just shows that Ipswich is positioned really well for investors. Does Council have anyone out there today knocking on doors to get big business or even small business to open an Ipswich? It's one of the jobs I do all the time, Al, but we also have same with the councillors, but also same with we have uh, our economic development team as well. Let's finish on some fun stuff and a recap on Christmas New Year. Council's claiming that 80,000 people attended various events and uh, carols and fireworks. How did council come up with that number? Uh, council uses um, different calculating methods like traffic counters, density counts and event surveys to estimate the attendance. Um, we know that the Nicholas Street Precinct attracted about 48,000 visitors over the 10 nights of the St Nicholas uh, area. We also know that the four major community carols contribute at least 20,000 attendances as well. So that's so I, I actually think the 80,000 is a very conservative estimate and it's been really great to see post-pandemic all the community, you know, coming out to the many community carol events as well. I have to confess, I'm a bit of a fireworks fan and I attended Limestone Park, which mm. were let off uh, in the middle of the park. And I can't remember what happened last year, but a much better location than having it um, sort of off to one side of Limestone Park. People were rolling up before the sunset <laughs> for a nine o'clock fireworks. <laughs> so I was quite impressed with that. Can it be extended next year? Five minutes was mm. great and the crowd was really appreciative. There was lots of yahoos and clapping at the end. Mm. What are the chances of doubling that for the end of this year? Look, anything can be done. Just doubling the fireworks is just double the money. Um, just very aware of, you know, rate payers' money. The other thing that we've done too is made sure we had them at four different locations around the city. So we're trying to really spread that out north, south, east, west to, you know, so people can go more, so it's more community, uh, has a stronger community feel as well. So, yeah, love to have feedback from, from residents if they want it to go longer. That's just a matter, it's just a budgetary thing. And, um, you know, we're doing our best just to uh, keep rates down as low as possible. On that note, we'll look forward to fireworks again on December 31 this year. On that note, we'll leave it there. Thanks again for speaking with Ipswich Today. Thank you very much, Alan. And a reminder to look for handy links in the show notes, including to Ipswich City Council's YouTube channel, where you can watch meetings live and on demand. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. 
Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music. Or play Ipswich today on smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.